everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Read Right to Left podcast. I am G from Simply G, joined by my always wonderful co-host, Ray, from Whimsical Pictures. Hi, everyone. And this month, August, we are talking about music manga, i.e. series that focus on music, musicians, bands, whatever else that may entail, and some of the various series that we've read that we may have also watched, answer some of your questions, and hopefully it should just be a pretty fun time, nothing too strenuous. Um, so yeah, we hope you guys enjoy. First and foremost, I think it's fairly self-explanatory as to what music manga is. It is manga focused on music and musicians and uh, sometimes performance. Sometimes the music aspect is used as a way to uh, enable or facilitate another sort of genre. Um, there's a lot of comedic music manga, there's a lot of dramatic music manga. Um, sometimes the music isn't the main focus, but oftentimes is there to highlight or emphasize certain aspects of characters' growth, things like that. And I've, I would say that there is actually quite a few music series that have gotten quite popular in the English-speaking and Japanese side um, over the last several years, but also historically, um, across a whole different range of genres as well. And we are seeing more and more of these titles being licensed and released in English as well. We're also seeing, I think, a wider variety of... Uh different types of music represented in the manga that we're getting uh, mm -hmm. in English, um, as well as the sort of proliferation of digital-only releases of some of the more niche music manga. Yeah, so I think rather than kind of going into what music manga is... <laughs> what is music? <laughs> <laughs> what does music Truly. mean? <laughs> Um, I think we can just go into some of the more popular titles, some of which have had ad adaptations, anime adaptations, uh, or live-action adaptations as well, uh, some that haven't, and uh, some that people may have heard of, some that maybe they haven't. Uh, so, one of the first titles that I think of, and one that I would argue is still very popular uh, to this day, um, namely thanks to a great anime adaptation, one that a lot of people are familiar with and is still in print from Funimation, is Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad. Um, and this is a 34 volume series released in its entirety in English. Originally it was released, being released in print by Tokyo Pop, which I think got 12 or 14 volumes out in print before, yeah. uh, you know, the late 2000s, and only recently Kodansha has released the other 20-odd volumes to complete the series, so you can actually read all of it in its entirety, thanks to Comixology and, or wherever you read your digital releases. Um, and that is how I, I read and completed the series personally. Um, that series is a pretty popular one, I think, namely because it does appeal to a lot of people's 
interests. It's about a teenage boy who kind of falls in love with guitar and rock and roll after meeting kind of this this strange guy with an even stranger dog and mm-hmm. they you know start a band and find some popularity and and then their impact and their lives throughout that experience a growing popularity in Japan and worldwide and their relationship to kind of the rock industry as a whole there's a couple of mysteries a couple uh, tense things going on throughout the course of the series but ultimately it's about the love and passion for music that some of these individuals have and what music means to them uh, not only as you know as an art form but as their personal expression as their means of escaping situations as well it's done very very well and it is one that i would recommend to people and the as i said the anime is still very popular it does manage to capture a lot of the really great things of beck especially the first half ish of the series uh yeah so this is also um definitely one of the earlier like music manga that i've read as well and i think yeah i started with the anime um mm-hmm. so and then just read it from my library <laughs> uh <laughs> i think you know when I was a younger fan, I, you know, watched things like K-On! Or I watched things like, um... <laughs> La Corda de Oro. Um, <laughs> and, uh... Beck was really the first one I think I saw that was, like... Really, like, a music nerd manga. Like, it felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> um... It is so in love with the music that it's talking about, with guitar, with the process of learning guitar, with what it's like to be in a band, to play these, like, you know, grimy music bars, um, grimy live houses. Uh, The types of characters that are portrayed are also very much, like, band nerds, rock nerds types. Um, mm-hmm. the kinds of people you would find at, like, a live house. Um, and just the general vibe of it is very, like, I want to say indie. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the way it tells its story, uh, has mm-hmm. kind of a hipster quality to it, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which the the anime picks up on because it's directed by um, it's his name Osamu Kobayashi, the director mm-hmm. of Paradise Kiss, um, mm-hmm. which he also brings kind of that indie hipster vibe to Paradise Kiss as well. So, uh, but he, I feel like him and Beck are a match made in heaven. To be honest, add to that Harold Sakuichi, who is the mangaka, um, you can really tell that he this is almost i i wouldn't be surprised if this is an extension of his own interests you can see that he does know a lot about sort of the era of rock and roll that these kids are interested in the music scene in the u.s in particular um but also the uk how 
uh, rock music has evolved over the decades and how that's influencing current artists or current to then artists, which was the late 90s, early 2000s. And for these characters, as Ray mentioned, these are definitely like rock nerds or music nerds. They, they're they the type of kids that start a band because, not because they want to be rich and famous and popular, but because they want to be you like the greatest the guitarist music, of all time. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest bass player, bass guitarist of all time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, the, these are kids who are doing it for the love of creating music rather than like, oh, I want to be... Not that Instagram existed, but like, I want to be a celebrity. Uh, and that yeah. comes up a li- little more prominently in the later half of the manga as well. So if you are someone who's only read the Tokyo Pop uh, print release of the series, I would encourage you to continue the series thanks to Kodansha because there's a lot more story. (laughs) There's a lot more um, and it's just really fun and exciting to see uh, the directions that the story does go along. And how difficult being an artist and, and being a musician can be obviously it's not you don't automatically become a superstar uh super easily there's a lot of hard work (laughs) and disagreements especially when you're in a band there's a lot of conflict that can come out of that and I think that's all pretty accurately portrayed as well yeah it's uh it's good (laughs) it's good (laughs) (laughs) I think like on the subject of like this being a series about rock nerds who formed a band because of like their love for the music and like you know guitar or whatever Mm -hmm. um I it made me think of uh, a title I've talked about before that I don't think you've read I think you've been watching the anime recently um but one that is much more interested in like the showbiz and fame side of forming a rock band, um, which is the Jose (laughs) manga, uh, Nana. Uh It's kind of on the cusp Uh between Shoujo and Jose, like that magazine that it ran in. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Nana, um, by Ayazawa. Uh, it's, Ayazawa is first and foremost a fashion nerd. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She was in fashion design school before she decided to pivot to manga. Uh, Her series Paradise Kiss is about the fashion industry and also ran in a fashion magazine, not a manga magazine. Um, And I think that comes out in her interests in Nana as well. She's very interested in dressing up her little rock idol dolls. (laughs) But, um... This series is, I would say, it does get into some of the music. I felt like I had a pretty firm idea of how I thought that the two main bands in the series might sound, um, which I thought was reflected pretty well by the anime's choices. Um, But it is 
when it's showing a concert scene, it's like more like a still image of like rockers looking cool on the stage more so mm-hmm. than like Beck where it's, you know, it's the, the movement and the sweat and, you know, mm-hmm. the vibe of being in that club, um, hearing that music. Um, and Nana is much more, it, it's about, it starts off being about like two girls named Nana who end up through kismet <laughs> uh, rooming together at the same apartment. Um, and one of them is like this girly girl who moved to Tokyo to be with her boyfriend, which works out great, I assure you. Um, <laughs> and the other one is uh, this more like butch, like cool rocker girl who's in a band and she moved to Tokyo to perform with her band. Uh, but the story sort of quickly moves to be more about the rocker Nana's life than mm-hmm. uh, Hachi, the other one's life. Uh, as Hachi becomes more involved in like the band stuff, gets to meet the other band members and meets their rival band, who she's actually a big fan of. Um, and things get messier and messier from there. But it is, a lot of the story of Nana is very wrapped up in um, show business and paparazzi, uh, mm-hmm. the big instigator. The commercialized. For, yeah, the commercialized end of it. Um, propping up Nana as well as um, the rival band, uh, their lead singer, Ray Ra, as, you know, these idols creating their personas, um, their media image. And how that can be destroyed by, like, the simplest of actions or misunderstandings. There's a big paparazzi scandal that happens um, early-ish in the series that ends up being sort of the instigator of most of the conflict and fallout from that. With a lot of the characters ending up having to be, like, put in essentially protection by the company. Yep. And it's just this intense fallout from this horrible media circus, um, mm-hmm. which I would say is very like it is because this series is about rock musicians that it deals with this stuff. Like, so I would very much call it a music manga, um, mm-hmm. in that it is about the music industry um, and idol culture, but it is very different in its focus than something like Beck or like Blue Giant that's very much yeah for the love of the music man <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's a similar era I think started mm-hmm. in the 90s um I think oh gosh don't quote me I just think it's inter- kind of an interesting comparison since they're both about up and coming rock bands no, I think it's a good comparison to make, and especially because although Beck does touch on, you know, the the media and, uh, yeah, paparazzi aspect of the story it, at certain points, it's not to the forefront of the story, and uh, obviously that mental strain or that impact that that can have on, you know, singers, musicians... Uh, you know, musical artists of any 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 sort, um, in the same way that it does 
uh, Nana and then how that influences the larger story and the larger relationships of the band and the people around them and uh, relationships with each other as well. So I do think mm-hmm. it's quite apt to include it on this list and, and is definitely has um, a lot to say about the, yeah, kind of wider musical industry um, and recording mm-hmm. studios and things like that. Speaking of messy rock band manga, <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about uh, one that I'm sure everyone probably thought of immediately when they saw the title of this podcast episode given (laughs) yes Um, just following the thematic thread along where we are in the series right now the kids are still like super up and coming so there hasn't been Mm. that much like super detailed industry stuff there is you know it's a lot of stuff about like you know how to get into like these contests i like the focus on um creating a social media presence um Mm -hmm. because obviously that wouldn't have been as much of a thing when like nana and beck were created yeah so um but it's kind of crucial nowadays for musicians that's like their first step they were like we've got to make a twitter account and make twitter (laughs) accounts for all y'all and uh don't let them know that you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> we, which uh, somewhat defeats the purpose. But so, if for the few viewer or listeners who may not uh, know what Given is, uh, it is a currently ongoing uh, BL title. It has a recent anime television show as well as sequel film adapting i think all six of the volumes that have been released thus far um so we're pretty caught up adaptation wise mm-hmm. um it's not a super fast release for the series which is pretty typical for bl just generally but it follows a band of four individuals two university students two high school students main characters are the high school students and um, their relationship, one who decides to teach the other guitar after, well, after he asks, basically, and their friendship yep. and romantic relationship evolving from there. Uh, our kind of newbie to music, his exploration and realization of, of like, becoming a musician, he really hadn't had an interest yeah. in singing and- or guitar or anything prior moving to this um yeah well the guitar he has belonged to his uh former boyfriend his ex-boyfriend i don't think that's really a spoiler um Mm -hmm. and he he carries it with him he's uh he's sort of an odd person i guess he's he's very Mm -hmm. um I would say very coded. I know there's a lot of, like, people who have seen themselves in him uh, who are, like, on the spectrum and stuff. But um, Mm -hmm. he really struggles to understand social cues and respond, quote-unquote, appropriately. Um, So, you know, one of his quirks, I guess, is that he just carries this guitar around with him everywhere, um, 
which is sort of his way of physically holding on to the trauma that he's experienced relating to this past relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but he doesn't know how to play that guitar. He just, like, has it. So, um, <laughs> when he finds out that uh, Uenayama, the uh, the other boy, Ritsuka, um, can play guitar, he's like, can you teach me? Um, you know, so that he can get closer to the person that he's lost. Um, and there is a huge focus, I think, on... Uh, Overcoming the trauma from past relationships and mm. moving, figuring out how to move on healthily mm-hmm. is yes, a big I think thematic for, focus for of the series. All, yeah, all of our characters, not just our for high school everyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> characters, for everyone, um, because our, our university students are just as messy, if not more so. They're um. so much more messy than our good, wonderful <laughs> high school boys. <laughs> and their pure love. <laughs> yeah. um, but just generally, music, uh, for as much as this, as for as much as Given is about the band as a unit and also about using music as a cell way for to work past trauma to work through grief to work through um again that self-expression um and coming to terms with with things in your past and things in your your current well it becomes like Uh, it's so sweet that it's like for mafia who you know struggles mm -hmm. to relate to people in conversation you know a lot of like his journey with music is realizing that like he can get across the things that the things that he's feeling and get other people to feel them too through his mm-hmm. music um which i don't know that is really nice <laughs> to me it's really sweet <laughs> and lovely and i think it's also very true to life um yeah. that's why people express themselves through music or through poetry or through painting like th- the art Arts, the arts are a, a form of self-expression um, in sort of the more, most purest form for a lot of people. So it's, I do think it, it portrays that element of creation and, uh, I guess, self-exposure uh, very, very well for, not only for Mafuyu, who ultimately, kind of later on in the series, becomes our... Or becomes the band's uh, writer. He he writes all, all of the lyrics for their songs, um, but also how, yeah, how all of these these boys kind of work through their own personal issues through playing their music, through um, interacting with music, not only in the band but sort of generally. Again, these college students have a lot of issues. (laughs) I kind of like how, particularly with the college students, like, obviously, we see Mafuyu refusing to sort of move on from what's happened in a very literal sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's, he's still in a grieving period for losing someone. 
and he has this very physical reminder that he carries around with him. And then, you know, he has a very straightforward arc where it's like he writes this song uh, to help him get over his grief, and then he sings it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he's not over it, but it's like, you know, it helps him start to move on, and he starts a new relationship. It's all very... Mm. At least up to that point, it's all very clean. Um, (laughs) Whereas... Our older boys. <laughs> um, I kind of like this exploration of like staying in a, a a toxic, ugly relationship that's making nobody happy because you mm-hmm. just don't know how to live apart from that relationship mm-hmm. anymore. The like, familiar, feel, it's is comfortable yeah, and it's and comfortable even both, though you're miserable. You're, <laughs> exactly, and it's that misery that you both both of them have experienced for so long that mm-hmm. with each other and from each other that all that all of that is tied up in very genuine feelings of love and and care but to so there's there is that hesitancy to completely reject it even though again it's a very toxic terrible abusive relationship Mm -hmm. um but i mean like with most toxic abusive relationships it's hard to leave because it's what you've known for so long it's what you're familiar with it's what you see as normal uh even Mm. when everyone around you recognizes that it's not healthy and not something you should stay in um and even if you logically know that it's not something you know good for you you should leave it is the mental challenge of overcoming that and then also the mental if if we're coming back to music how that ties into specifically what that means for your own music or well for this character how music ties into that toxicity and kind of his process of separating being a musician and how he enjoys music from that that really terrible relationship that he's been battling with for the last i don't know yeah. 10ish years well there's this very like clear metaphor for like the emotional stagnancy of the relationship through how um, Akihiko is the name of the the band member character in this. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, how, you know, at first, like, he is, gets into this relationship because he's so moved by the beauty of uh, his boyfriend's uh, performance on the violin, uh, and then gradually realizes that he absolutely hates playing the violin and then Mm -hmm. once he sort of finally frees himself from his situation a little bit he finds that he's interested in learning the violin again so i feel like it's a you know it's not a subtle metaphor (laughs) 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 but um it is a nice one Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just plays on that that self-doubt that inferiority that also um like uh what is it imposter syndrome that people have 
mm-hmm. anyway, generally. Um, there's always going to be a better, you know, v- violinist than you. There's always going to be a better artist than you. There's always going to be a better writer than you. Um, and then how you ca- how some people take that as an encouragement, how some people take that as kind of a, a means to reject themselves or to give up. And I think, again, that going back to that allegory, very obvious allegory, mm-hmm. um, it ties it in very neatly with the larger themes of that particular storyline and that particular relationship. I think it also, like, this series' exploration of talent is quite interesting. And I think mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting. You know, we have the contrast between Mafia and Ritska being all, like, doe-eyed and <laughs> lovey-dovey <laughs> with each other in, like, their personal narrations. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you'll switch to the next uh, set of pages or the next chapter, and it'll be Akihiko describing his love as this very violent, ruinous thing uh, because Mm -hmm. of the way that his admiration for um, this violinist is, uh, at that point, uh, roommate who he sleeps with sometimes. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) yikes (laughs) yep (laughs) um his his admiration and his jealousy have just gotten so entangled with um his other feelings for this person his feelings of love that it's just like and, and i think that's that interplay of like they're not really separable you know when you're both aiming mm-hmm. for the same goal and you find this person who you admire and you bring them into your life, you know, I feel like the jealousy is almost going to seep in. Mm-hmm. You're going to the same school, trying to be the best student at the school. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that just isn't going to work well. and i think that that interplay of emotions is quite interesting i also like ugetsu like he's a fucked up mess but like same so (laughs) um well i i I like him because i like his character because he's realistically broken or mm -hmm. realistically fucked up in a way that again you see it in Nana as well. Like, they, this is an abusive yes. person, but it doesn't inherently make them, like, a terrible, horrible person. Like a cackling who, like, Disney villain? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they're, they're both, both of those examples. They're complicated people who may, in 99% of situations, like, make the correct choice, be totally fine, normal, whatever else. But when it comes to the people that they care about are incredibly controlling or just toxic, hurtful, mm-hmm. um, lash out in ways that they may not even fully understand why they do that. And I think mm-hmm. that's a much more understandable human uh, representation of, well, abuse and, and, and people who are abusive. Um, but it also makes them... It, 
It, they're not monsters in the fact of like mm-hmm. they are people that you probably know in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. They're they aren't as you said like cackling Disney villains. They exist in real life and they to you as a friend may seem perfect in every way. Um, but that's not necessarily the case to people closer to them, uh, partners, family, whatever else it may be. So I think it's just really good to see. And also sometimes that those people aren't without uh, hope to change and recognize Mm. that in themselves, I think is an important thing as well. So it's just, yeah, I think it's done really, really well. And he is an interesting character. Uh, he is. <laughs> uh, I think he's more redeemable than, like, Takumi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From Nana, but, uh, but also, I, I kind of... There's almost, like... I don't know if I can express this well, but there's almost, like, a matter-of-factness to tragedy within Given mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. gives it a realism that I really appreciate. Um, so, like... Akihiko eventually, you know, leaves Ugetsu, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when, you know, he starts to realize that, like, there's so many things that he just doesn't know how to do, because mm-hmm. he was financially dependent on Ugetsu in so many ways. Um, he doesn't know how to live on his own. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of this matter-of-fact realization for him that's just, like, and he doesn't go, like, wow, that's fucked up. He just goes, like, huh, I, I've been with him a long time, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like <laughs> do you do you get it? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I totally understand what you mean, and I think uh, in addition to that, the the matter fa- matter of factness that M- Mafuyu co- coming yeah. to terms with death and mm-hmm. losing someone is also like at some point he moves past that grief. He doesn't stop caring about that person, but at the same time, he doesn't want his life to be ruled by that. And the way that it's a very matter-of-fact thing for him to say, like, I love you, I miss you, but I'm not in love with you now because you're not here for me to love you, is, Mm -hmm. like, a really interesting way that that's portrayed compared to other series where it may be like, I will always, you'll always be in my heart and I'll always yeah. love you and I'll never move on. Um, I it's think just it's a, just like, a much healthier way to approach that. Yeah. Life just kind of moves on and you're mm-hmm. either going to move with it or you're not. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, more or less the overall theme of a lot of given. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. And especially for like, this cast who are all relatively like under 25 you gotta sometimes you know you things in life change you and you but you also have to not like when you're 16 you need to know how to keep 
going forward outside of like the bad stuff that's happened to you it's I think it's done yeah I think it's really well done just generally there's hope given is really good situation. it is <laughs> the anime is <laughs> Go really watch good the too show as well <laughs> yeah read the manga watch the show it's all great yeah oh we didn't mention but the manga is being released by sublime versus bl imprint um it's yep. very very good and also i think a really great beginner's bl because it's very unlike mm-hmm. a lot of what i think people associate with the genre um yeah. so don't be afraid to try it yeah uh it's definitely one of the ones where the characters are characters first and not fetishes first um, <laughs> you know, it's more complicated than Seme and Uge, so there you mm-hmm. go. Also, there's, I mean, sex does happen, but it's not shown. It's not pornographic, so at least not mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah. As of right now, there's, it's not the hyper-explicitness of something like, I don't know. Dick, Dick Fight Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that's what we both thought of immediately. <laughs> it's just such a good localized title. It's so good. Yes, it is. Um, also, that one's <laughs> hyper explicit, so it's also a good yeah. comparison. What a great um, starter BL. I think everyone should start with Dick Fight Island. <laughs> It'll certainly prepare you for anything, to be perfectly honest. No, I don't think it prepares you for Matic. No, nothing prepares you for Matic. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Anyway. We're not talking about BL. We've done that episode before. They're not music manga. (laughs) They're not music manga. We'll continue with our music. I also read the music Yuri. Actually, there's a couple. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I read... I feel like almost the more comparable one, even though it's a different genre of music, is After Hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Which is uh, solid, I would say. Both of these are solid. Yeah. They're not like, go out and buy it immediately. But they're both solid. <laughs> uh, but this one is about uh, a two, two adult women... Uh, one of whom is, uh, she's like a DJ, isn't she? She's very much into, yeah, like, she's the nightclub a, scene. Yeah, the electronic music kind of scene. Yep. So she's very hip on the nightclub scene. The other woman is not, but, like, she ends up going to a club, having an incredible first experience, incredible encounter. I think they, like have some drunk shenanigans if i remember right um yes and uh you know she just can't get this woman out of her head and she can't get you know this type of music and this type of vibe out of her head so she ends up you know going back and like getting into a relationship with this woman and they learn more about the club scene together um i know for a fact Uh, This creator is on Twitter and is a huge music nerd, a huge, really big on, like, the DJ scene and um, electronic music scene. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I think you definitely feel that passion within this manga. 
Um, you know, he definitely seems to know <laughs> what he's writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to add about it because it's just kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's short. It's, it's good. Three volumes. Like it, it's a good. Um, yeah, Yuri about women finding each other, plus also music. Then the other one is uh, Whisper Me a Love Song, which is, uh, it is a sweet, saturine, adorable, high school Yuri, um, that I think is set in a co-ed school, but it feels like it's set in a girl's school because none of the boys have faces and they Mm. never show up as actual characters. So I feel like that gives you a pretty strong vibe for what type of series this is. (laughs) um Mm -hmm. it's a utopia um yeah everyone is just inherently bisexual we are nobody bats an eye it's just like you're in love with a girl sick me too (laughs) and this is about a girl who at like the cultural festival or something uh sees a band on stage, uh, one of the bands from the Light Music Club, which is the same club that K-On! is about, um, mm-hmm. and is just absolutely smitten with the vocalist's voice. Um, she loves her. She declares she's fallen in love on the spot, uh, and she ends up running into this singer, um, on the roof the next day, I think, just singing to herself, um, mm-hmm. playing the guitar to herself, and she's like, professes her love, you know, oh my gosh, it was love at first sight, um, and the singer, who's more of like a cool, like, butch girl, uh, which I do like, Yuri is so often femme-femme, so I think both this and Mm. After Hours have more of a butch-femme dynamic, which is, you know, if you're into that, this one has it. But, um, (laughs) yeah, she, you know, she hears this profession of love, and she's all, Doki! And, uh, she's like, I, I've fallen in love at first sight, too! With you! Mm. Um, Mm. And I'm going to make you fall in love with me. But, unfortunately, their definitions of what they meant by I've fallen in love at first sight are different. Uh, Because the femme girl is like, oh my gosh, I'm your biggest fan. And the butch girl is like, big gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) whatever shall we do? (laughs) um and that misunderstanding goes on way too long uh because they're high schoolers and they're dumb so yeah (laughs) isn't that the isn't that kind of the summary of every high school yuri is um they're high schoolers and they're dumb so it takes forever yeah not everyone that's it's it, it's a that's a generalized statement, but a vast majority. Yeah. This is, I would say, much more inherently about stupid misunderstandings as a function of the plot than other Yuri. Mm. 
But that is definitely something that shows up as a core plot point in most high school year yes. Yeah. <laughs> but in this one, it just is the plot, so. Mm. Mm. Um, which uh, G is allergic to, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend this series to G. <laughs> it's, yeah, it just kind of annoys me. And, and it, like, in anything, gay, het, whatever, I'm just, I'm just, kids talk to each other, please, for once. Just <laughs> I communicate. <laughs> for what it for what it's worth, I was also annoyed by this, but I think the singer girl is cute, so <laughs> I'm mm. still reading it. <laughs> <laughs> um That's good. The art's cute too. It's very cute cute mm. Yuri art. So I mean if you like high school Yuri, there you go. Here's another one. It's not really, there's not a lot of music in it, to be honest. Like, mm, mm. for having a guitar on the front cover, you would think it's much more about music than it is, but it, it's not really. Yeah, not not really. <laughs> no, that's a shame. But it exists. After Hours mm-hmm. is definitely about music, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is more so, uh, it's about music, it's also about, like, growing up a lot, or like, I don't know reaching yeah. adulthood coming to terms Finding with yourself. responsibility yeah another i guess high profile recent release um of an older manga this is like switching mm-hmm. gears completely for mr mm-hmm. whisper me a love song <laughs> uh because this is the most boomer dad manga i've ever read in my life <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's talk about Blue Giant. (laughs) Alrighty. Yeah, that's a pretty good, um, that's a pretty good, uh, summary of it. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to get by in this world, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh my god. (laughs) Get yourself a little part-time job at the local mechanic shop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, by talking to the guy once, being like, hey, yeah. could you use some help? Oh, yeah, we would love some help. And then you just work there you... for the rest of high school. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know my dad, right? Yes, boy, I do. Here you go. I I will employ you. Um, but then, of course, it's like, dad, I have a dream. I don't want to work as a mechanic <laughs> for my whole life. I have a dream I'm following, and that is to make <laughs> no money as a jazz I'm musician. I'm going to be the greatest jazz musician in the world. <laughs> and his dad's just like, go for it, son. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> and Your every time someone's like, already... what the hell even is a jazz musician? Like, what? how are you going to make money doing that? And he's just like, repeats, I'm going to be the greatest jazz musician in the world until they start to believe him. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a power and, move, I've got to say. I just imagine, like, <laughs> like you know, like Drew Gooden and Danny Gonzalez, like the commentary mm-hmm. YouTubers, they do that as a joke a lot, where they just repeat the same line with increasing intensity, and I imagine that that's what he's doing. I'm going to be yes. the greatest jazz musician in the world. I'm going to be the greatest jazz musician in the world. <laughs> I'm going to be the greatest jazz musician in the world. <laughs> and lo and behold, despite... Well, just due to his sheer passion and energy. His he sheer not fucking have this... gumption. 
he he might not have the skills, but god damn it, he's got the attitude. He can go far in this life. And I just I mm, at, at yep. least at one point he does start to actually have lessons. Take lessons. This, yeah. For this the whole time. He, <laughs> like he won't even like let anyone listen to him. So I'm just like imagining him like <laughs> <laughs> Me, when I first started the viola, just, like, hold up alone in my room. Like, yeah, this is going great. <laughs> that is truly the sign of a great artist, is when you refuse to take lessons and refuse to let anyone listen to how you sound. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then once he does, once he does, that old man is like, you're shit, kid. You, literally all you have is volume you do you even know how to play this and then he's like one day i will convince that old man that i am a genius <laughs> that i am <laughs> going to be the greatest saxophone player of all time and i'm like and i'm uh, like am i supposed to like this asshole <laughs> <laughs> wow one of he's so things, pretentious yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, this kid, I don't think he's inherently, like, a bad kid. Like, he's not a bad person, but also he's just so naive to anything You know what happening. he is? He's not a bad kid, but you know what he is? He is so annoying. Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> good he even plays his saxophone when it's super hot in the summer yeah. and super freezing really, in the winter yeah, and for some though, reason the translator destroy his his instrument his, his instrument for some reason the translator kept making him say it's brick out and i did not understand what that meant because that's yeah, apparently a very regional very regional New York term. I'm like, I, this kid does not live oh, in New okay. York. <laughs> I was so confused by what time period this was supposed to be. Because I was imagining <laughs> there's probably some sort of dialect going on in the Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I would have to read mm-hmm. it in Japanese to check. But there's, you know, a really... It, it feels like when they're trying to make, like, some boomer movie sound folksy... Mm -hmm. is how this translation comes across but it mixes eras so much because it'll be like you know it it uses mofo at one point um (laughs) but then like a few pages later it uses lit (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute what year is this (laughs) and and like okay, I don't think that you can you can translate dialects however you want. But also, I as someone whose first language is English, I am not. I I had absolutely no idea what it meant when he was like, "It's brick out." Contextual is like, "Oh, he's probably saying it's fucking cold." But like that yeah. is not. I have never heard that term in my entire life. And when I posted my confusion about it on Twitter, 
I a lot of people were like, yes, I have no idea what this means. And I think that's just maybe not a good decision to make. Also, it just yeah. didn't make sense for this like kid in like Japan to know that yeah. unless I'm like, what what is this? Yeah, it's what I just feel like if you're gonna pick a region, pick a region for one. Mm-hmm. And pick a time period, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But also, like, <laughs> picking some area of New York is a weird choice for Sendai. Like, yeah. Well, and I was I like, I feel well, like maybe he should be cause... from like Fargo or something, like, <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> but I was like, maybe or some it's shit. because he's super into jazz. But also, like, that's such a weird thing to have picked up. It's just strange. Yeah. It was just strange. He's a a strange child, so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, true. True. Um, So, Um, yeah, this is a... The way that the girls just, like, fawn over how manly his, like, gumption is, is, like, so... uh, It's so boomer. It's so boomer. Everything about (laughs) this is so, like, your dad manga. (laughs) And unfortunately, like... And it's it's exacerbated obviously because it is about jazz. This is jazz is not something that a huge amount of like young people are into, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of a shame because jazz is really an interesting genre of music yeah. and I do think there's a lot that people would enjoy if they gave it a chance. Uh, young people would enjoy I, if they gave like, it a chance. I would <laughs> love to read a really good jazz manga that um was not written by, like, an old man trying to write teenagers who just really have all of the same, all of the same fucking um, hobbies as him. Like, this was written by a much older man! (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I would like Kids on the Slope licensed in English one day, please, because that one has at least a lot more realistic teenagers um, and is actually set in the 50s, so it makes a yeah. bit more sense that they're super into jazz. Um, it has a set time period. <laughs> yes. Determined, and not vague. A set time period, plus these teens handle like actual teen issues of the 1950s uh, very well. Plus, the music is also similarly to given... Uh, kind of a way for them to explore and express themselves, and I think that element, having watched the anime, not read the manga, um, it translates a little bit better. Uh, But one Mm -hmm. of the other things I wanted to say in regards to Blue Giant is that, as you said, this is definitely like a a boomer dad manga, um, (laughs) because... Yes, a lot a lot of people familiar with jazz are going to be older. Um, a lot of people who, well, this sort of writing appeals to are going to be emblematic of, like, how they were raised. And back in my day, this is how things were done and blah, blah, blah. Um, but also, I think it's quite hard. I mean, j- we get a question about this uh, with, that we'll talk about a little bit later, but... Obviously, manga is an illustrated comic with no audio 
attached to it, right? So it's up to the reader to imagine or envision how music performances sound. Um, mm-hmm. And there's typically indication in the comic of like whether they're doing really good or doing really badly or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. but I think a lot like for teenagers in Japan or teenagers or people in their 20s in uh, in the Western world or in English speaking countries, um, they're not all like immediately going to know how a lot of this music sounds in Blue Giant, which I think mm-hmm. is another like a stumbling block for it be- just because jazz is not popular, right? Like jazz is yeah. vastly not popular compared to rock and roll compared to, compared to high yeah. or pop music, even compared to like classical music, people know and can and imagine like a classical yeah. piano performance. They don't well, know what can jazz to sounds it because like. A lot of students are, you know, have experience with classical music, um, mm-hmm. band kids and the like. But, um, exactly. Jazz has like no, in. I feel like I wanted to see more of like, you know, what do the like the jazz bars and stuff feel like? Whereas it's more this image of like this one kid who's really weird, just like playing saxophone <laughs> under a bridge like a weird troll. <laughs> um, and then and also like none of his friends know jazz. The only other people yeah. who know jazz and he, is like, like his teacher. He doesn't recommend them songs or performances. He's just like Coltrane, man, you get me? Coltrane. <laughs> it's like, okay, but where do I start? Like <laughs> Especially with jazz, you must have like favorite performances. Like you have so many CDs. Why do you not lend people your CDs if you want them to listen to them? No, Why won't right. you tell me oh, your favorite he, songs? It's all of jazz. Every jazz. All of every it. jazz. I just like every jazz. Every single jazz. <laughs> I feel like with that, um, I, the positive I want to say about Blue Giant is that I did like the art a lot. Um, mm-hmm. No, I would. It reminds I would me agree. of Udo think... a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to add in in so far as like the how music or performance is depicted on the page and the effectiveness i do think that blue giant uh reflects that kind of overwhelming sound or like how Mm -hmm. when he is playing music in a club setting or to somebody you do get a good feeling of like the volume the impact of that performance um so i do think that's conveyed very well in blue giant See, I was going to say, like, I was taking so many, like, screenshots. I read this digitally. um, Screenshots Mm -hmm. of, like, layouts and stuff that I thought were really cool because I do think that, like, the way that this artist draws the saxophone playing is really dynamic Mm -hmm. and fun to look at. But Mm -hmm. also, I struggled the entire time because he seems to draw each performance the same way. So I didn't have a sense for how this character is improving. Um, Yeah. Because it's like you would have one guy who's like, that was the worst jazz I've ever heard in my life. Please take lessons. And then you would have another guy in the corner crying because it was so beautiful. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) wait, what? 
I I mean no, the pictures right, were really right, was... the pictures the pictures were really cool. So like mm-hmm. I thought he was playing well. <laughs> right. But now what, I don't know. What you didn't understand is that he was crying because his eardrums burst. He was actually in incredible pain. And... (laughs) See, I don't know. I can't... I don't know. The whole time. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't tell if he's good at playing the saxophone or bad at it. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, ultimately, you have to assume that he's just going to be the best because every character and all the flash forwards tell us that he's the, yeah. just the greatest jazz saxophone player in the world. Oh, so. man. The first time I laid eyes on him, I knew there was something special about this kid. <laughs> I knew he was going to go far. <laughs> start him, boy. Start him. You're destined for the stars, kid. <laughs> You're going to go places. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I feel like I have never experienced such a just undiluted, pure essence of Boomer Dad as I did when I was reading this <laughs> manga. It yeah. really is incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet my dad would like it. <laughs> yeah, I I. Don't know if mine would, but it in just yeah, it's a it's a curious one. It's sort of unsurprising that it was licensed, considering how popular and like noteworthy it is in Japan. Because um, mm-hmm. it's won a bunch of awards, right? Yeah, and uh, when I went to the International Manga Museum, they were having like a exhibit on. Um, the history of the magazine it ran in, and this was mm-hmm. one that they had like a special room just for this manga, so mm-hmm. which was cool. And I, I mean, mean, they it's had a lot of obviously popular in yeah. over there. Yeah, well, there's a lot of boomer dads who read manga over here, so <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but I I wanted to, to make note that like because so this is being released by Seven Seas in English. It's being released in two and one omnibus editions. But the series also has two sequels: um, Blue Giant Supreme, and then I think Blue Giant Forever or something. I think that's the sequel after that. I don't really remember what it's called. Um, so it's an ongoing kind of manga. Um, and I will say that I. I wish that there was more manga about the saxophone because it's a very cool mm-hmm. instrument. And especially, yeah. like, saxophone jazz is hell sexy, guys. Like, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but I just, yeah, I just wish it was a little less boomery because um, just a there's little a lot less... of potential. Jazz is, jazz is cool. It and is really I felt... cool. I felt so uncool reading this month. <laughs> and do, that's yeah, a shame. For, yeah, which is which sucks. And again, the saxophone's awesome. Wish there was just more love for brass instruments in general, uh, reed instruments in general. Those aren't typically the ones you see getting a lot of coverage because they're the less popular um, sorts of instruments i think just generally amongst kids uh or people Mm -hmm. they're typically a bit harder to play so fewer 
musicians. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you're super into the saxophone, you may enjoy this series a lot. Uh, although you may get really upset at how poorly he treats his saxophone because yeah. he does not he, he does not look might after be a little that triggering, poor to be instrument. <laughs> and it's so it's such an expensive saxophone too. We find it out. is. <laughs> it's like what? Have some love for your brother. He saved up for that for three years. I know he was paying uh, it off, uh, taking it out in a fucking blizzard or whatever. Jesus. In the middle of like a forty-eight degree day with a hundred percent humidity, mate. Oh that's God. not how you oh. treat. <laughs> that's not how you treat things. Uh, oh my yeah. God! But gee, his gumption. Uh, his he's gumption. Just got that, he's just got that pizzazz. <sighs> um. Anyway, so that series exists. <laughs> Um, another, uh, I guess, series that, uh, is very acclaimed in Japan, very long running in Japan that we've only recently, uh, I think because of the anime adaptation started getting here, uh, mm-hmm. I think digital, oh, mm, I'm gonna ask you to clarify after, but this is Forest <laughs> of Piano. Is that, is that digital only? Digital only. Yeah. Okay. I was right. Yes. <laughs> um Yeah, Forest of Piano. Um I have read the first omnibus volume for this. Um but it's it's a weird one. It's um I was gonna say it's one of those series about like talent versus hard work that mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, and again, that the idea of like a idiot savant uh, musical genius, it's about mm-hmm. two boys, um, one who is kind of a classically trained pianist and one of his classmates who is kind of, comes from a pretty bad upbringing, I think his mother's a sex worker and so a lot of his time is spent in the forest behind the apartment building where there's an old abandoned piano, which he just, you know, plays around with. And because of that, he's kind of self-trained um, outside of normal, uh, yeah, musical instruction. And once he is discovered by by someone with a little more know-how, um, is recognized as this kind of, you know, musical genius and, mm-hmm. and things go from there. Uh, not only does this have, I think two seasons of anime on Netflix. Um, it also has a er- earlier anime adaptation film, um, mm-hmm. from several years before. Uh, so it's obviously one that has uh, to be adapted twice is no small feat. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's definitely one that has, has yeah, its this fans. This is another one that's popular. like, you know, won a lot of awards and stuff. So mm-hmm. I liked the first volume. I know mm-hmm. this one's quite polarizing, I think. There's a lot of people who really hate it, at least through the anime adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why yet, 
Um, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I feel like I I was enjoying myself reading the first volume, um, mm-hmm. just a little bit ago because um, the like the shithead bully kid in the yeah. at the beginning, um, I have known that kid like ten times over <laughs> at my school. <laughs> And it is such a perfect portrayal of that child, specifically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, I liked the sort of uh, weird chemistry starting to develop between the protagonists. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that they didn't seem to be demonizing the one kid's mom, or like him, or coming from, you know, the red light district. Uh, you know, the mom is portrayed positively, at least right now. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that the art is nice. The art of, especially the forest, when they go into the forest and the piano yeah, there. Beautifully. It's very pretty, very evocative. put together. It's a very strong image, you know, just like Mm -hmm. a lone kid, like playing a piano in the middle of this dense forest. So you're working with some strong imagery there, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm looking forward to reading more. Yeah, and it is, it's nice that we've, that Kodansha put out all of it. Uh, I think all 26 volumes in 12 or 13 uh, two-in-one digital releases. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, like, a a lot of the... Because it is ostensibly part of that that kind of conflict between traditional... Pardon me. Traditional learning and then, like, this... So the hard work and training under kind of established rigorous rules versus the kind of innate genius talent... Um, and, and the adaptation from there and the potential for, you know, future growth, uh, conflict is done really well in a similar way to, like, it reminds me a little bit of Honey and Clover, of how Mm. there's no real correct way to approach art. And there's, just because you're a genius at something, you're not inherently going to be better uh, or just because you have a, just because you've been taught something the correct way doesn't mean you're going to be inherently better than someone who comes from it from a different perspective. But also, just because you have like huge innate talent doesn't mean that you're not going to be like overcome or overtaken by people who put in the hard work and dedication and practice. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. some like that kind of juxtaposition is something that's quite well done throughout this particular series um as well as again sort of the larger character drama throughout the course of it it is a long long series i haven't read all of it so i cannot attest to the ending um but it's it is one that's very focused on the characters personalities and then of course again how they express said personalities through their music um it it is it's a good one i i enjoyed it yep i'm looking forward to reading more in in a similar vein of 
of uh, kind of idiot savant. Um, we also have the very popular Notame Cantabile or Cantable, mm -hmm. um, which yeah. has again been released in its entirety digitally from Kodansha. Uh, Del Rey put out 14, 15 volumes in print once upon a time. Um, but obviously you can now complete the series uh, reading it digitally, which follows a uh, conductor. Uh, mm -hmm. with, so an orchestral conductor who has a lot, he has a lot of personal uh, issues. <laughs> Um, he's going through, <laughs> he's going through some stuff, um, typically, well, namely, he has a real issue with, with flying and travel, um, which has yeah. really stunted his career, uh, opportunities. Yeah, um, he is so arrogant for someone who will not leave the country. <laughs> yes. Um, so he's an asshole, but he has, is... I can't quite remember, but he he's working either working no he's a student at a music school student yep I think he's a, yeah yep. he's a student at this he's a student. music school um you would be of, forgiven you know, for thinking cast. that he's you know a terrible just teacher because that's sure the attitude he carries in his life <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know we have the whole motley crew of various musicians. Um, mm -hmm. some more of an oddity than others, but then we have the titular Norame, who, I don't know how she lives, because her life, she just doesn't seem to know how to function. Um, she just is the bitch you live like this meme. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but is a incredible, incredibly talented pianist. Um, she's hugely hugely uh fantastic at, at playing piano and just general music stuff um but yeah she just doesn't like she can't she can barely dress herself she lives just in trash um and so our protagonist he is not only like uh enthralled and um amazed and has just completely captivated by her her music but also he's just like in shock and horror that she lives like this. Um, and so he is kind of put on care duty for her, makes her, sh makes sure that she gets dressed half the day. Um, and it's sort of their romance. They got other, like they've got friends and stuff going on as well. It's been a while since I've watched Not On Me. Um, mm -hmm. and although I do have the first season on DVD, because that was released here, not in the US, but it was released here. Um, <laughs> and it's been a long time since I read any of the manga. Um, but yeah, basically it's their romance and him getting over his weird trauma of flying and her kind of becoming more of a functional person. Uh, and mm -hmm. gaining independence outside of their friendship relationship. Uh, yeah, and obviously yeah. a classical music focus, so. Yep. This is a big, like, band geek manga. Like, mm. it's so popular, and that is reflected in the number of adaptations it's had. 
as an anime, as a J-drama, as a K-drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much Nodame Kantabile in the world. <laughs> yes. And almost none of it in English, so at least we have the manga. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, apparently, if you live in Australia, the first season of the anime... Well, I don't know if you can get it anymore. You used to be able to get it five years ago, but it, it is very out exist. of print. It does exist. <laughs> you might have better luck uh, chasing down the the Taiwanese DVD sets, which also have English subtitles and the dub that was produced in LA. Um, there you I go. Think, namely, I think namely the reason it never got a US release was because of music rights, which has just mm. continued to be an issue for a lot of series. Um, I mean, notably Evangelion. We with Fly Me <laughs> to the Moon. It's it, this is not. It's not an issue that's uh, gotten any better over the last ten years. <laughs> It'll only get worse. Yay! <laughs> Corporate um. copyright. Yay! This was another one that I just read the first volume so that I would know the premise for this podcast. So, uh, I liked the first volume more than I thought I would, to be honest, because I Mm -hmm. knew that the guy was, like, a major asshole. But I do think Mm -hmm. he's a funny asshole, so... (laughs) And and the series does, like, acknowledge that he's an asshole. Like, the series knows he's an asshole. Um, it's not just like... (laughs) He's... Oh, yes. He's like... I'm... Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's a genius, it's okay for him to be an asshole. It's like, he's a genius and a fucking asshole. And honestly, (laughs) his being an asshole is, like, the biggest thing holding him back from the world right now. And his fear of flying. But it's, like, both of those things. (laughs) Um, He gets, like, dropped from, like, the the good uh, piano class because he's just Mm -hmm. such a fucking asshole. He gets in a fight with the teacher and the teacher's like, no. (laughs) not having it (laughs) where the hell do you get off (laughs) um so but yeah i feel like he's an asshole that i know (laughs) Mm. uh and i find him funny and i find nodame funny also (laughs) incredible incredible Nodame's just shamelessness also is very funny, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The way that she just, like, is always in the background of her friends' shots stealing their food is incredibly good. (laughs) The gremlin energy is powerful. Uh, So that's another one that I'll look forward to reading more of. For just, like, obligatory reasons uh because i want all of you to write it into the next seven seas survey and every survey afterwards (laughs) until it happens um uh shonen note is so good (laughs) um Mm. it's an eight volume series by yuki kamatani uh the creator of our dreams at dusk of nobody no o um and it is about a middle school choir club. Uh, this is another sort of, uh, I guess, idiot savant type of series where you mm. have the main character, Yutaka, uh, Yutakun, um, who has this incredibly beautiful soprano singing voice 
uh, but has never, like, done anything with it. So he's very excited when he gets into middle school to join the choir club. Uh, he's very, like, he doesn't want to sing solo. He wants to sing in mm-hmm. an ensemble. He wants to be in the choir club. And that's kind of where we start from. And, you know, it's sort of him recognizing that he's someone with talent. Him recognizing that why he loves singing why he wants to sing and in what capacity he wants to sing. He gets involved with his community's um, opera theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have sort of the intermingling of that opera side of things and the people he interacts with there and the choir club, which is the main focus. Um, we get to know a lot of the other choir club kids uh, who all have various you know, things they need to work on and various hang-ups, um, you know, they were watching them sort of grow as people in this very transient time. Uh, Shonen Notes subtitle is Days of Evanescence, so it's very focused on, you know, this moment of early adolescence and puberty as this fleeting thing that And really trying to capture the the preciousness of that moment, I guess, mm-hmm. um, before these kids go their separate ways in high school. Um, we do have the sort of rivalry between, like, uh, Yutaka, Yutaka, and it's kind of a one-sided rivalry because Yutaka is such a sweet little bean who does not understand <laughs> conflict at all, but... <laughs> And then um, there's this Russian kid who's a world-famous, like, boy soprano singer um, who is, of course, you know, classically trained, takes great pride in the fact that he provides for his family, even though he's only, like, 12. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, His name is Vladimir, and he just is Yurio (laughs) from Yuri on Ice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, he's so cute. (laughs) And... Mm like these two boys rivalry with each other is so cute how they admire each other but of course Vladimir has to be all tsundere about it (laughs) but like keeps flying into Japan just to see Yutaka is precious (laughs) (laughs) Um, because he's rich and he likes to flaunt it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but of course there's also you know the uh, drama uh, that comes from Yutaka and Vladimir as well. Being very afraid of puberty because they have this beautiful soprano singing voice that mm-hmm. they know is going to disappear. Um, and it ends and up being no contrasted. Longer... <laughs> yeah. We no longer... It... Uh have castrati so that's that's not an option you don't want it to be an oh my god i don't want that to be an option please please do not touch my precious little beans (laughs) they're so cute (laughs) and (laughs) no (laughs) um yeah so (laughs) they (laughs) uh (laughs) Sorry, um, don't mean to derail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, um... 
And I do like how, like, this very, like, cisgender focus, because obviously they're both, like, cisgender boys, so... Mm-hmm. Um, is sort of undercut by the inclusion of a couple different non-binary characters, as is, you know, the uh, Yuki Kamatani's want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, specifically, there is a person in the choir club who quite the opposite, really wants their voice to change and is experiencing a lot of issues relating to the knowledge that that's not going to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously without some sort of, uh, you know, uh, gender affirming care, etc. Hormone therapy, etc. Which the series doesn't go into that because um the characters are 12 but (laughs) and and this is japan so (laughs) um but yeah it's so good the way that the series portrays music is just i mean if you've read any of kamatani's series i'm sure you can imagine just the surreal emotional beauty that mm-hmm. they are able to convey with... Uh, it's one of the only music series I read where I feel like I really can hear the music. Um, I ended up, like, looking up a lot of... Because this one does actually tell you what songs they're singing, Blue Giant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and talks about specific performances, so it's very mm. easy to just go onto YouTube plug in the song and listen to it, which is so nice. Uh, it's a lot of, obviously, like, middle and high school Japanese choir staples. Um, as well as, you know, you get the opera stuff as well. And it's so good. And please request it from any surveys that happen, specifically the Seven Seas one, every month. Just like I do. Just like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, it's only eight volumes. I know. They could absolutely put it out in two-in-ones as well. So it would only be four. And the covers are so beautiful. It's Kamatani. People people already like our dreams at dusk. Everyone I know who's read Nabarino likes that one. You could... Seven Seas, you could have this. You already put out the Boomer manga. You could have this. Why do we need the Boomer manga over this? Okay? We need both. (laughs) Music manga for all tastes. For all tastes. Give us choir kids some validation, damn it. God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Um... Serious, <laughs> it, yeah. Like, come on. Like, I was so happy to finally read like a singing manga. Mm. <laughs> I can't play instruments for shit, but I love singing. <laughs> and then there is another series that has quite a good anime adaptation that I did want to talk about, even though I personally have a lot of issues with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the art is beautiful, and I actually like how the series portrays music scenes a lot, uh, both mm-hmm. in the manga and in the anime. 
this anime also has one of the best Goose House songs as one of its opening themes. So, this uh, is true. uh, and I think it's one that a lot of people think of when they think music manga, music anime, because it is much beloved by a lot of people. Uh, and that is Your Lie in April. Um, yeah, this is another, like, specifically this is one where you've got, like, the boy who's lost his passion for manga, uh, manga. Music. <laughs> that one too. Wow. <laughs> Music um, and manga. He's lost and his passion manga. for life, to be honest. He's lost his passion for life because he's being horribly abused by his mother. Well, his mother died, right? Um, no, or something. she's just she's just really abusive. She's, she's just like mean. very ill. She's in a wheelchair. Yeah. We don't really know what's wrong with her, but she sure does um, get that slapping hand in action. Um, <laughs> she's got Victorian wasting disease. Yeah. Um, no, she's not the one with Victorian wasting disease. Okay. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is plenty of that in this manga, though, I assure you. Mysterious um, pale face disease. Yeah. <laughs> the one where you just have a single pretty cough. Uh-huh. Oh, no. It, oh, this no. spells the end. <laughs> she, she, um, she stood in the rain for too long, and now she must die. Such is life. Yeah. Well, she succeeded in giving this boy uh, his reason to live back. So, mm. <laughs> we don't need her anymore. <laughs> um, Arguably, yeah. Um... So, yeah, so we've got this boy who plays the piano and hates his life uh, because he's being horribly abused by his mother. Um, I found some of the stuff that he's going through affecting, mm -hmm. but I found other aspects of it weird. Um, but certainly, like, if this is reflective of your own uh, experiences. I don't want to invalidate that at all. Um, I know people who were very moved by this series, um, and, you know, I think that that has meaning and worth, so, mm -hmm. um, don't, don't take us dunking on it as, like, us dunking on you. Like, I think it's great that this series means so much to a lot of people, um, but on that note, I do think that but a lot that of people <laughs> like it or find it, like, amazing because it's just tragedy porn. I, like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of reasons, valid reasons, to connect to these characters, to connect to their personal struggle, struggles or their, um, like, things that have happened to them. But also, because this has a tragic ending... I think, in a similar way to Clanad, I think people just then think it must be the greatest thing that's ever been made because it's sad. Yeah. Um, the number of times that I see it on people's shelves and they're like, oh man, this was so sad. I'm like... Sad. Yeah. I cried I mean, forever. I cried forever, man. This is the saddest thing I've ever seen. And um, I'm not saying it's not sad. People dying are sad. People dying as a, as a teenager, sad. Tragedy, yes. But also, this is melodrama tragedy just to make yeah. you sad. 
<laughs> well, also, my biggest issue with this, um, and uh, I just wanted to get that disclaimer out of the way, that, like, if this means something to you, if any art means something to you, don't let people take that from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, out of the way, uh, this is about a character, a male character who's lost all of his passion for life, and specifically his passion for his art, his uh, music, his piano, um, who finds it again thanks to a somewhat odd but bright, spunky girl who plays the violin uh, named Kaori, I believe her name is. Um, yep. And he meets her in the park playing the melodica, which is a very childlike instrument. Uh, you know, they teach it to kids in school along with the recorder here. On top of the jungle gym, um, playing with the little kids because she's such a child at heart. What a young, so quirky, pure soul. So alive. She's so quirky, so alive. Um, and she is here to give this boy meaning in his life. She and teaches him it. the joys of existing (laughs) and how she doesn't yeah she's uh (laughs) i couldn't tell you much about kaori as a person other than how she feels about the main character and the fact that she's got some unspecified disease she just really wants to play the violin she just wants to play the violin and uh, wants someone to play accompaniment to her violin before she dies a tragically early death. And you're like, all right. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's honestly, and people will argue with you about this, which is baffling to me, but she is the most textbook example of a manic pixie dream girl and why they're an issue Mm -hmm. (laughs) um ever like it's so textbook it's so basic and obvious to me why this is an issue (laughs) uh because i am honestly someone who will come to the defense of a lot of characters that people call manic pixie dream girls Mm -hmm. um but not this one no (laughs) She has no purpose beyond making you feel sad because she died and uh, making the main male character, like, get his shit in gear, feel like life has meaning again. Appreciate that, the life that he has and the things that he can do. And, And he will always remember her and keep her in his heart um, and probably you could never fucking, get over it. You could replace her with, like, a CD that plays violin and a magic eight ball that has a bunch of encouraging <laughs> words on it, and you would have exactly <laughs> the same story. Oh <laughs> my, um, no, Ray, then you wouldn't have the weird romantic, like, uh, triangle oh, yeah, rivalry. That thing. Mm. Um, we've got the childhood friend also yeah yeah who also like gets none of her own story except for her to be jealous (laughs) of the other girl yeah and then the the fourth the fourth character the other boy who i don't even think like 
ever gets anything, like any of his own stuff to do. And he just exists to feel jealous that the childhood friend girl likes the piano boy and is jealous. And oh my god. I know they're all 15 or whatever, but oh my god. Kids. This, mm, they all <laughs> serve no purpose aside to, like, I don't know, kind of interact between yeah. performances. Uh, I will say, it's pretty. The anime is pretty it is in particular. Pretty. <laughs> um, the music performances, nice. the, like the actual music in the anime is good too. Like, yeah. it's a beautiful looking, beautiful sounding piece. Yeah. Um, also, check out that Goose House song. It's really good. It's called Hikaru Nara, and it's one of my favorites by then. So. Mm. Mm. They're back together, which is nice. Yay! Um, Sans one, care, one, uh, one member, but they were always switching members all the time anyway. So. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's your lie in April. Uh, was there any other series that you wanted to talk about? Um, nothing in particular. I think, um, well, we use if anyone has been following Ray's um, Twitter oh, recently. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we better <laughs> talk about those Snow White notes, um, <laughs> which I will be trying again with in Japanese. Um mm. Oh, uh, Kodansha. Kodansha, Kodansha. Yep. So, this... Uh, it's such a shame, because mm-hmm. I have a feeling I'm going to like it when I read it in Japanese. But mm-hmm. I couldn't... There was nothing for me to like, because I couldn't even tell what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> This series is about the shamisen, specifically the Tsugaru shamisen, mm-hmm. um, which is such a cool subject for a manga. It's by Marimo Ragawa, who does uh, The Vampire and His Pleasant Companions, um, Baby and Me, and New York, New York, which will be coming out, yep. I don't know, next year or something. Um, end of this year or something, yeah. End of this year. I don't remember. But I'm very excited about that one as well. Uh, that one's mm-hmm. good. I recommend it. Um there are some potential content warnings on that one that um, I think you should be aware of before you pick up New York, New York. But um, I don't know. If you want to know about that, uh, send me a message or whatever. Uh, but um, <coughs> so I was all super excited because I like the creator. I like the subject. This mm-hmm. translation. Recent popular anime. <laughs> For that Recent one popular well. anime. This translation. <laughs> uh, I don't... Nec- I, I can't tell if it was done by a machine and then corrected by a person in a very rushed manner or if it was just done by <clears throat> a very inexperienced, very underpaid, very rushed person. Mm-hmm. But this, was, this translation was done by Ami Maru, uh, which... Uh... A few different companies have recently come under fire for using Futekia slash Manga Planet in particular, but also Kodansha mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for their digital titles. Uh, this company, basically they 
released a statement in response to accusations that they were paying. Um, essentially, uh, like a flat page. rate of, yeah, $300 for a 288-page manga, uh, which mm -hmm. the person was given only a week to complete. Um, and they gave a response to that that basically said, well, yeah, but... Mm. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so like that's yeah. The, so, mm. what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yep. So, just know that this utterly trash, unreadable, worse than a bad scanlation, uh, localization translation was probably created by someone being taken advantage of and highly miserable for the week they were given to translate this. Mm -hmm. So, you know. I also, before that's we great. move into, like, the actual series itself, I wanted to flag this, that obviously this is, the whole situation is a effect of, so much manga being licensed and released all of the time um, over the last two, five years. Just the sheer mm -hmm. amount of content being pumped out by all of the publishers. Um, and digital, I think, is definitely kind of flies under the radar. It's not as inherently popular as print manga tends to be, obviously, a lot less um, like scrutiny put towards digital titles, which is why you are seeing this sort of, uh, yeah, scandal coming out of Kodansha digital titles and Futakia, Manga Planet. Um, in saying that, in saying that, I want to reiterate and, and encourage people to remember that that does not mean that you should not support digital in a blanket way. It means that you, we need as fans to hold publishers accountable for how they treat their staff or what they pay their staff on digital releases to the same standards as they do for their print releases. The solution to this is not, okay, well, then it, it's good and it's fine that it's better for me to pirate said, said content. The solution is calling out these bad practices and demanding better from Kodansha, from Furukiya, from whomever else, and encouraging, or well, demanding pay increases. I would recommend also not picking up the titles that you know are going to have this issue. Um, mm. I certainly wouldn't blame you for boycotting uh, companies that use these companies outright. I think that is one method of praxis that you could uh, reasonably employ. Don't turn to piracy for the series that they put out. Just, like, mm -hmm. resolve yourself that, you know, you're not going to read them for the time being. Um, but certainly the ones that have this type of translation, just don't pick them up because, like, I'm saying this as someone who read it, don't pick them up because they are not mm -hmm. a product worth your money. Like, mm -hmm. at all. Um, the fact that someone was exploited to make this just 
makes it even worse, but it's not readable. Like, it would be less confusing to just have the, like, be some, have it in a language that you can't read Japanese or Chinese or whatever and have it in front of you. It would make more sense than the English translation. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. So, questions. So we can end on a more positive note than that. (laughs) Uh, We did have a couple that were just, like, pointing out titles. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I did ask people for their favorites. I don't know if there was any yeah. explicitly favorites, but uh, lots of titles mentioned. Yeah, so I figure I'll just go through those. First we have from at St. Auli, um, asking us if either of us are familiar with La Corda de Oro. So they really enjoyed both the anime and manga of the original game, which came out in the late 2000s. Um, I don't think G is familiar. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure you're familiar, like, you know what it is, but I, I have seen aware the anime and read the manga. I I am aware <laughs> of it existing. I know that Sentai put out DVD uh, DVDs of, like, one of the s- spinoffs, Blue Sky or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I have never seen any of it. I have never yeah. seen or read any of it. Um, um, a little bit outside I of have. my interests. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, and it's fine. Um, I don't like the purple boy. He's kind of a yandere, which was weird. But, uh, yeah, I like it. I like the trumpet boy, and I like the cello boy. They're my favorites. <laughs> hmm. That's my opinions. Uh, we have... Um, Eric Henwood Greer coming to us uh, as he often does with a excellent list of various classics, specifically Year Twenty Four, um, and Sixties Seventies uh, shoujo music manga. So I can just go through those. Um, I have not, unfortunately, read any of them yet. But there are some quite famous ones here. Um, Henso Kyoku, or Variation by Keiko Takemiya, it looks like. Um, Nordiska Sonata, also by Takemiya. Uh, Orpheus Nomado, this one's very famous, from uh, Ryoko Ikeda. I know it has a Takarazuka adaptation that I need to re- uh, watch, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Fire by Hideko Mizuno, uh, which, yeah, that one's definitely always mentioned in lists of good music manga, but it is one that I have not gotten to yet. And then we also had, uh, at 365 Days of 801, uh, said I see given, but my question is, did you watch the anime first or read the manga first of Gravitation? Uh... Because that's the original gay boys in a band manga. And uh, I do not think this is the original gay boys in a band manga because there's tons of glam rock manga that came out in June magazine um, <laughs> in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And, uh, yep. But uh, Gravitation, yeah. I think you could probably call it the original gay boys in a band anime, more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the first one that people in the West often experience. 
Um, mm-hmm. I literally like have never read or watched Gravitation and also don't have much interest in doing so. <laughs> Shall I tell my story of my experience with Gravitation? Because it is sure. fractionally more than yours. Um, wherein, in saying that, I have not read or watched Gravitation either. My only exposure to Gravitation, outside of people, like, now now knowing that people started with it, it was a lot of people's first BL or Yaoi, whichever you want to call it, was I, I had a DVD copy, a Australian DVD copy, of a not very good movie called Origin Spirits of the Past, and... One of the trailers on that DVD was for, I don't know whether it was for the show or the OVA of Gravitation. It was for something, Gravitation. And I had, so I want, because back in the day, that's when trailers were like special features on things, like uh, upcoming releases. And I used to watch those all the time. And it was one of those weird like ADV Sentai trailers where it's just the opening song with like clips cut into it um and so i watched that and i was very confused because i could not tell whether or not the main character the kid with the pink hair was a boy or a girl the entire time and none of the clips helped helped me figure that out so i didn't know whether (laughs) it was just like a very boyish looking girl or androgynous looking girl with the pink hair or if it was gay or what I also this I was very young into my anime days so I wasn't aware of BL and so I was I watched it like five times trying to figure it out and I that day I left confused and it wasn't until (laughs) much later that I figured it out (laughs) so uh I I haven't I haven't watched or read it and again uh similarly to Ray I don't really plan to just because I am now older and wiser and have exposure to many other very good BL manga and anime and um I think Gravitation's very emblematic of the era that it came from um and not in From everything I've heard yeah watching. Yeah <laughs> Um, I feel like I've heard some of the songs and everyone likes the songs but I was like eh Um, I probably wasn't even paying attention to the songs because I was just trying to figure out whether that kid was a boy or not (laughs) I was like what what is going on here who are these people what is happening (laughs) Um, and then last we just have uh, two sets of questions that are actual questions <laughs> uh from at whimsy dearest we have what unique challenges does manga face in portraying music and which manga does an excellent job at conveying sound um yeah it's really difficult because i feel like i've read stuff that like where the instruments look really cool on the page mm-hmm. but it's like i couldn't hear the music um mm-hmm. Even, like, something where I think that, like, like Blue Giant, where I think that, like, the images of him playing the saxophone are really cool, and the use of speed lines is super dynamic. Um, I didn't feel like I could hear the performance. Um, mm-hmm. 
with that one. But, uh, yeah, uh, and then obviously there's stuff like Nana that doesn't even really try, that's just kind of showing you a still of the band looking cool playing their instruments, which mm. I think, you know, is fine as well. Because um, the music isn't really the focus of that series. But, um, yeah, for me, it, it's shown in note, portrayed music better than any other manga that I've read, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, and I feel bad saying that, that because <laughs> Beck, yeah, Beck did a really good job as well. Um, yep, those are both really good for that. Duh, duh, duh. Anything else, or should we go on to the last uh, question? I think to that point, uh, in it, even in discussion today when a manga or when a music manga does have an anime adaptation um that's when it finds its popularity typically because obviously there is an audio quality to that yeah. like you, you do get music performance uh when when you're watching an anime and from there that's typically when we start to see a lot of these series not only grow in popularity in Japan, but then make the jump to being licensed in English and other regions, um, rather mm -hmm. than coming over purely on their own merits, um, in the similar way to Blue Giant having done. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we may see that transition change a little bit over you know, the coming years, but I do think that it's a pretty tried and true reality that if a music manga has an anime and that finds its audience, then it's more, much more likely that we will get the manga down the line. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess, are there particular uh, anime that you think do really well with adapting the music? I would put Beck. Um, <laughs> I'd say Beck. First of all. I'd also say, one, not that we have, we don't have the manga in English, but uh, Kono Oto Tomare, which is about the Koto, mm -hmm. um, I thought that was very good at portraying its, well, learning the Koto, Koto performances, um, the ins and outs of, mm -hmm. I guess, the instrument itself and how it's played, especially for yeah. a instrument that isn't as recognizable for a lot of people. Um, Sound Euphonium as well does a great job. Um, with mm, its yeah, music. Yeah. Um, I also like Nana's music a lot. They picked two like quite well-known artists that I think match mm. the style of the two singers really well. Uh, Olivia mm. for Rayra, um, who has a very like hoppy, gorgeous, almost operatic voice, and also mm -hmm. is fluent in English. And... Um, Oh, what's her name? Anna Tsuchiya? I don't remember. Uh, for Nana, uh, who has a very sort of, not necessarily like technically perfect sound, but very like rough mm -hmm. and emotional, um, mm -hmm. which fits how those singers are described within the series. So I, I felt like they adapted the sounds of... Uh, those two bands 
pretty accurately to how I imagined them when I was reading the series. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say um, those Snow White notes. Notes, yeah. Uh, that manga. I, I did like the portrayal of the shamisen in that one. Um, mm. Just like, I... Uh, I don't know. I guess just because I've heard Sugaru Shamisen before. So I definitely, like, appreciated that I got, like, the feeling of, like, expecting to hear the Shamisen and then hearing the Tsugaru Shamisen and being like, mm. oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> and al- although I haven't watched it, I've heard nothing but, like, pretty solid things about the anime as well. So I think that probably adapted the music aspect of that really well and then the last question we have is from at Bacchus Fines I've noticed that most music manga tend to be focused on string instruments I would add piano to that um well technically piano is a string instrument shut up (laughs) (laughs) what other instruments do you wish manga would bring into a story I would like to see like a big huge real church pipe organ Oh hell That'd yeah! Be sick. That That'd would be so sick. sick. <laughs> I honestly think there's a lot of potential. Um, well, I said before, I I would like to see a saxophone manga that's cooler than um, <laughs> Blue Giant. Yeah, because saxophone is a hella sexy instrument, guys. It's really super cool, um, and brass. And winds and reed all tend to be kind of overlooked. They're not necessarily as popular um, comparatively to their stringed counterparts. I think there's also a lot of potential for, like, percussion, especially the drums. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen Mm -hmm. something more focused on the drums. Um, Yeah, I know there's, like, taiko manga that exists in Japanese. Mm. Um, But... That's never getting translated. Never no, say never, and that's a little bit, yeah, a little <laughs> bit outside of what people expect for drums. Drums, yeah. Yeah. Taiko's sick, though. Mm. Well, I would like choir manga shown in note by Yuki Kamatani available in English, <laughs> so um, mm. I would like that the instrument of the voice mm. brought into a story. Uh... Honestly, I'd like to see that more in general. I'd like to see Mm -hmm. even another series focused on the voice um, (laughs) and singing. Not the uh, popular reality competition show, The Voice. (laughs) 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 Uh, There's too much of that in the world already. Uh, We don't need any more of that. (laughs) What else? Um... Uh, there you go. When thinking about instruments, I was reminded because one of my friends, one of my high school friends, uh, and st- still very good friend, uh, she plays the trombone or used to. Mm. And all I can ever remember is her telling me that her trombone teacher called trombone the voice of the angels, and I was like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's such a weird instrument to say that about, but it's also a very visually you know interesting instrument. Maybe, like, some bigger string instruments. It's always the violin. I played viola. I'd like to see, like, a cello manga. Like, or I've the, seen the cello. Bass. Yeah. 
yes, cello characters I've seen. Like, there's a cellist in La Corda de Oro, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, like, main character cello would be cool. Mm. I like cello. It's a very beautiful instrument. It is. Or harp as well. Like, I feel like there's Ooh, a lot of potential for harp. harp manga would be so good. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Japanese manga industry, get on it. <laughs> Seven C's, license shown in no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Everyone else, demand better for the people working on digital manga they deserve to be paid just as much as everyone else but i think that's it for for music manga kind of a easy breezy not too serious of a discussion a little bit of a break after our amazing episode last month and our hopefully amazing episode next month for next month we have the amazing Lum Ranma Yasha joining Ray and I to talk about one of our favorite series, one of their favorite series, Fruits Basket. We are doing a series spotlight and they have very kindly agreed to join us for that. So uh, obviously we will probably be going into spoilers for that series. So if you have not yet finished reading it or haven't started it, or haven't finished the recent anime, you may want to get on that if you're wanting to listen to the episode in full. But uh, yeah, super duper excited. And I know Ray is just uh, effervescent at at this topic. Uh, Effervescent. Yes, uh, Fruits Basket (laughs) is my favorite manga of all time. And I'm excited. It'll be great. It'll be great. So as always, be sure to leave your questions for that either um, when I ask for them on Twitter, you can add them to the comments of this episode if you're watching the this on YouTube. You can also message either myself at CollectingG uh, on Twitter or at Ray at, at WhimsicalPics on Twitter if you're not wanting to publicly post a, a um, question. And of course, yes. as always, you can listen to the podcast on pretty much every major podcasting platform, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course on my YouTube channel. Uh, We always, we really appreciate each and every single one of you listening. There are so many of you. I'm always flabbergasted. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so thank you guys so, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed Uh, Look after yourselves, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other, and I will see you in the next episode of Read Right to Left. Bye till then. Bye, guys.